Hello and welcome to Panels in Motion, the podcast where we read a comic, watch the movie adaptation, and figure out what went right or what went wrong. So today we're going to be talking about A Silent Voice. It was written and illustrated by Yoshitoki Oima. Um, it was her first original manga. And fun fact, her mom was a sign language interpreter. The manga was translated by Stephen LaCroix. It was released by Kodansha and originally serialized in Weekly Shonen Magazine from August 2013 to November 2014. So she'd made all 62 chapters over the course of 15 months, oh, which God. is so crazy. Wow. <laughs> she did a chapter a week. Was That's it insane. Was it just her yeah. or was it a team? Yeah, most manga artists have uh, assistants, but for the most part, she was still the one you know, writing and doing the, the bulk of the work. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So Weekly Shonen Magazine... Um, is Kodansha's flagship shonen magazine, shonen being uh, geared towards approximately middle to high school boys. And that was the major competitor to Weekly Shonen Jump, which was from Shueisha. Uh, Weekly Shonen Jump specializes in those shonen action titles that everybody knows, like One Piece and Naruto, My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball. All those series come from the competitor magazine to what a silent voice ran in. The manga was nominated or won uh, several major awards, including the Manga Taisho Award, the Osamu Tezuka Cultural Award, the Eisner Award, which is the major uh, comics award in the U.S. It was recognized by the Japanese Federation for the Deaf, and I also found online that it it either won or was nominated for two separate German awards. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah, so very... Very well-loved story. The basic story premise is that a deaf girl named Shoko is bullied throughout elementary school. And then years later, her main bully, whose name is Shoya, he's full of self-esteem issues and suicidal now. So he tries to make amends with her and slowly builds a circle of friends and regains the will to live. Uh, Andre, this was your first manga after Lone Wolf and Cub, but uh, Lone Wolf and Cub was flipped and... uh, you know, mm-hmm. so you read it American style, left to right. It was also yeah. from the seventies, so it's a very different type of book. Um, yeah. So, what were your overall thoughts? I'd say pretty much most manga that you'll read that has been released in the last ten, twenty, even years uh, reads like a silent voice reads. And Luke, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really, um, I'm surprised at how natural came to me, okay? Reading right to left and um, not only just the pages, but like the actual interactions and like the actual action was first was like a hurdle that I was really struggling to get through. But by the end of the first volume, I was like all in. And I was, and honestly, by the middle of the first volume, I was like naturally doing that. It's almost like my brain turned a different switch on and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like very <laughs> fast. And um, I read the volumes really fast too. Like every volume took me like about an hour. And, and I... Um, it was so addicting, man. Like, and, and it's, it's like, and I know it's not built into volume when it's released. It's not volume, um, released by volume, but it, 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 um, it's still like always leaves you at that cliffhanger that the volumes that, that each individual story leaves you off of that makes you want to read the next one. So by the end of the volume one, I had to like really contain myself because I'm like, no, you're reading volume two tomorrow. <laughs> and I had to like stop myself every single time. Cause I wouldn't read them all in one day. I didn't want to do that. Um, and I totally see why people love manga and I totally see the appeal and I experienced it myself with this, with the silent voice. And, um, I'm telling you, I'm going to read more manga. I just have to find the ones that I like. 
So Luke, what were your overall thoughts on the book? Honestly, I I really loved it. Uh, I was kind of surprised when, Andre, you were saying that you had to read it, like you read it volume by volume and then you stopped after each volume just because you didn't want to read anymore because it was so hard it was so hard luke <laughs> i've uh nick have you mentioned how many chapters it is it's 62 chapters and each volume is i think around 200 pages like 200 250 something like that it's seven I've, volumes total yeah so i must have read i i read it in three sittings Three hours each. And yeah, so two or three volumes at a time, just because I was like, well, I don't want to stop. Why, why should I stop? There's no <laughs> reason so to. It's so hard. <laughs> and I loved, I loved how, you know, how unique the story was. I loved all the characters. They all felt, well, the children felt very extreme, but the adults felt very like grounded in their, you know, in their emotions and their, their motivations and stuff like that. The art was beautiful. Uh, the layout was great. Uh, I loved how it could be so minimalistic worldly, but also detailed and like outworldly at the same time. Like the scenes where like it, it was almost like he was in like space when, you know, he was going through some, you know, mental stuff and stuff like that. I just, I loved it so much and I really, really enjoyed it. It was really great. Yeah. So Andre, what what were your overall thoughts? You you basically gave them, but is there yeah. anything that you want wanted to say? No, there? I just wanted to say that I I think that um I I really loved the manga. It was um really surprising how easy it was to read it, and I um I I thought that it was um really great characters. I really great like 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 storylines and just a great concept overall. Um, I felt so nostalgic reading it in a way that like is weird because I didn't go to high school in Japan, but like there was this like nostalgic element to the story that like was so like was so like present that like following the day that I finished reading the whole like series, I was like, I was like, man, I miss the good old days. It's like I'm nostalgic for someone else, but it's like I feel that, you know, and and like I re- it's like one of those it's actually one of those stories where the characters are so well defined that you're almost like, I want to be one of those characters. Like, you know, when you read like Harry Potter as a kid. This is the type of manga that I love reading. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it one of my favorites of this type of manga, but I really, I, I did. I really, really enjoyed reading it. And every few chapters, there would be some sort of like really heartwarming, just hard hitting moment. But like I said, also, it's never over dramatic. It's always, it always hits you in the right way. And yeah, totally. it's just very thoughtful and it has so much empathy for every single character even though toward the end i felt like sometimes we were getting a little too little too late with certain characters um agreed totally yeah so we'll we'll talk about that but those are my those are my overall thoughts so questions for you guys um did you connect with the characters themselves and in what ways well i i think we can honestly say that uh andre and i are tomohiro <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I think we're all Tomohiro. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I think so. Like there's like such this loyalty, this like desire to be like I am your friend, <laughs> and I feel that. I feel that real hard. <laughs> With not just Tomohiro, but I felt like every character, they were so well defined and complex. I think a lot of the time when people talk about complex characters, uh, they they mean like oh they're a good guy, but then. 
they killed someone and Ooh, it's 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 always some sort of about like, it <laughs> yeah it's something like that but here i felt like the majority of the characters had very full and rich inner lives and personalities and in that way or because of that i could relate to each of them for different reasons and i think uh-huh. anybody who reads this story would be able to relate to a lot of different characters for different reasons than i do yeah like, i relate to the way that Shoya, when he's like just thinking about friendship and just overthinking, oh and he's, <laughs> he's both very emotional, but also just really weirdly robotic in terms of the way that he like logically thinks about like, is this what friendship is? Are we <laughs> yes. friends? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. At the same time, I relate to Tomohiro, who just like knows friendship instinct like instinctively, and he's like, yeah. It, it comes yeah. from the high. It's funny because it, it, it's funny because in my brain, I, I there's like I wanted to mention a specific scene in my brain. It's like almost like a battle between that conversation between Tommy Hero and and, and Shoya, where Shoya is <laughs> asking him like, "What is a friend?" And then Tommy Hero is like joking around. All of a sudden, he like looks at him very seriously. And he's like, "A friend is something you can't define, but it is." With you know, the, some his, shit like that. French fry and, cigarette. And I was like, "That's like my brain talking to itself every single fucking time." I'm like <laughs> hanging out with a group of people. I'm like, "What are my relationships to these people? What are why are they here? Why do they like me?" And it's like, and it's like I have to always remind myself like dude just be cool you know and it's and I, I i love that and the main one to say about the characters is that all the characters were flawed in ways that were relatable um some of them not like now um but i'm sure someone relates to that but the, despite all their flaws i, I relate like, to now in certain ways i'll, I'll I, talk about that in a second i'm excited to freaking hear that but um <laughs> but despite their flaws you can't help but fall in love with all of them and, and even though it's like they're coming up together of like their, their union of like their little friend group was kind of contrived in, in many ways, honestly, because they were like elementary school friends that hadn't talked to each other like in forever. Like mm-hmm. you still don't care because you're so in love with that friend group that you're like, yes, I love this. This is so, this is like, I'm eating, you will eat that shit up, you know? And, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. So with now, she, I think was easily, without a doubt, the closest thing that the series had to an antagonist. Um, there were points where pretty much every character had antagonistic qualities, but Naoka was just the antagonist the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I I did relate to the way that she looks very coldly at things. I think that there are times where like, I can reach a point where if I'm working with someone or not just working with someone, but if I'm, I'm I have an issue with someone, I'll, I'll work my way through it, but I'll also sort of push it down the way that Shoko or yeah, the way that Shoko does. And I'll, I'll push it down and just be like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But then eventually I'll reach a point where I'll just become this cold calculated, like, this is how you wrong me. This is how I feel. Deal with it. <laughs> the way that Robot. Robotnik coming out. I have something yeah. like, I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about that because I am glad they included a character that wasn't perfect and wasn't redeeming in some in some ways. And I, I appreciate that because it was not redeeming in any way. No. In any way. Yeah. So so this is what I wanted <laughs> to say. Because she refused to change. Exactly. The whole story was to me about but growth that's also and realistic. about friendship. And I felt like the one person who refused to do all that was her. And I really appreciate that the story was empathetic to everybody in their flaws. Like everybody had, did something wrong, but the the, the care but there was so much empathy, like you said. There was so much empathy, like you said, for all the uh, characters. And I felt like she was given almost too much empathy because it's like, 
I think that everyone needs to have empathy towards everybody, but I think that there's a there's so many lines that she crossed that were unacceptable. And I don't understand why she was even in the story. Like, what was was she there to like just be like, this is what happens when someone doesn't change? And if that's the case, why did Sho Shoko continue being her friend? Like, why was that the decision that the writers made? Like, well, Shoko should still try to be her friend. Like that she took the high road. Like, I just felt like the inclusion of her character was neat, but I felt like she didn't get a full arc that I think was like would have been satisfying to see. And I think that the refusal of giving her one, that like showing her growth made it kind of confusing ultimately at the end. Like some of the thing, that's one of the things that I thought was kind of like wrong with the book. It's like some of the things didn't make sense. Like why was she there with them in the graduation ceremony, like hanging out with them? Like she's such a nasty person and everyone's like, ha we all love her. You know, like there's like this element of like, yeah. she's a part of our friend group. And it's like, I felt like that was almost like dangerous because it's like now, are you telling people that like you should treat people like that as a part of the friend group by trying to be a, such a good person that you befriend them and let them bully you? I think you part know? of that is just because Oima was trying to wrap up her story by that point. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also because she was doing one chapter a week. She had plans <laughs> for things, but you know, things change over the course of writing and there's not that much time to course correct. And once a chapter is published, you can't go back and change it. Yeah. That's true. So, That's a good point. And knowing that makes it a little bit, me, me see it a little bit differently, you know, knowing that it was like yeah, once yeah. a week, like that's insane. Yeah. I have more sympathy for the flaws of 100, 100%. The, the book as I have sympathy for all the flaws of the characters. So a hundred percent. Whoa, it kind of worked <laughs> out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because what is life if not a weekly manga? Yeah. <laughs> though, though I, I do, I do think that uh, Miki and T Satoshi, even though they were still part of that friend group, they were very much yeah, minor, agreed. minor, especially Miki. I can see Satoshi yeah. in some things, but Miki, I'm like, why? Yeah, I, I liked a lot of the uh, individual chapters when Shoya was in his coma and mm -hmm. the, yeah. the perspective changed from chapter to chapter to all the different characters. I liked a lot of those, but then the ones with Satoshi and Miki, I was like, what is she trying to say here? I was, yeah. Satoshi, it was it was like it was trying to say just because he was bullied mildly for having large eyebrows that's the same thing as what shoko is going through being a deaf girl yeah yeah and then, it was kind of off the mark and then miki the the thing that the ultimate uh conclusion that she came to was you know what i'm cute and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, like, what are you trying to say here? I gotta say something about the Miki character. Like, I, I, I'm i glad she included her, though, because ultimately the story is about bullying. You know, it's about growth and friendship, but it's mostly, it's also about bullying and and and, and how that, um, how bullying isn't just one thing. And I thought that having Miki's character, especially in the beginning chapters, was so crucial because so much of bullying is people just like, ha ha, or yeah, looking the, the other way. Yeah, 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 and 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 I and Shoya was and Shoya was right when he said everybody was bullying um Shoko because at the end of the day, like Miki was uh, letting it happen and not doing anything about it, and I think that people like to people like Miki like to write themselves off as, as like oh I'm a good person I never bullied anybody but in reality they just watch somebody get bullied instead which is the same shit and um and I thought it was really cool how they incorporated that into the story with Miki's character so I don't care if she was a side character that went nowhere. I'm just glad that she they included that. And also, she did have growth. She did realize at one point and towards the end that she also was was wrong for for just kind of letting things happen. It wasn't as satisfying as like, say, Shoya's growth, but it was it was there. You know, I never felt like it was wrong. So even though she was kind of a pointless character in many ways, I felt like 
I almost want her to be like, like, I think that she's so important because all, like, I would say like 80% of bullying is people not doing anything about it, you know, mm -hmm. if not more. I just made up that statistic. statistic <laughs> so I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree there. I, I think maybe if we didn't have that, uh, that spotlight chapter on her, I would yeah. have liked her more, <laughs> you know, I feel yeah, like maybe. that chapter itself just could have been cut. Yeah. It was kind of confusing. You know, I, I, um, I, I think that the story was really satisfying um, from start to finish, though, like despite the blips, you know, like yeah. I, I don't know yeah, a story sure. that I've experienced in such a long time where from the beginning to the very end, I was so invested. Like there was no moment where I was like, eh, it's kind of tapering off, you know, and that's really awesome. And and, and, and then I also love the way they ended it um, with that, like last scene with Shoya and Shoko. Like that was really beautiful. Um I just think that a lot of human drama stories, like they have, um, they might, they a lot of times they have moments where it's just like just dry, and I just felt like this didn't have it at all. I, I really didn't feel it. A lot of manga just go on as long as the series is popular. I mm -hmm. think this series deserves a lot of credit for stopping right after seven volumes because she was like, you know what, this is the story I have to tell. I'm gonna tell it from beginning to end, and then I'm gonna stop. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that, and it really felt that. It felt like she really she did her best to tie all the loose ends. And for the most part, they all were. So the character designs, I love the character designs. I feel like in a lot of these human drama manga, you have characters who all look similar because they're <laughs> all wearing the same outfits because they're all going to the same school. Uh, all of the faces look very similar. Mm -hmm. I think it's a style thing, but then Oima, her style is great. It, she, she really focuses on different aspects of like characters faces and bodies like you you could never mistake any of the characters in this book for a different character and that's out of the whole cast of like 15 major characters yeah 100 yeah they felt like that's, humans. that's great yeah it's funny i remember every single character in their name and everything which is even in american books i have trouble remembering names <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because so many so many times that's i'd say a fault of an artist uh, just not being able to distinguish their character designs enough. They definitely were here. Like yeah, Tomohiro's hair, just when have you yeah. ever seen something like that before? Yeah. Well, I have a question for you guys because I don't read a lot of manga and the anime that I do watch, like the animation is different enough for me to like not note, like for me to not be like, this all looks similar, but, and I feel like I'm going to get shit on. So please be nice to me because I'm, I really love what I read. But I always feel like in manga, the the animation styles look the same. Like the characters always look the same. Like the, the, the art styles. The art styles, yeah. Uh, it depends. It depends. There are a lot of styles that are common, like especially within each genre. Mm -hmm. uh, but you could say the same thing about superheroes. Superhero has house styles. Like a lot of Marvel books look similar. A lot of DC books look similar. So a lot of things coming out from a specific manga publisher might look similar. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Also... Their turnaround is much faster than in American comics, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah so like, then, quadruple. Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> weekly. Yeah, so one monthly. issue a month. It's one issue a week. Yeah. So that that would make sense. In too. manga, specifically manga, not anime. In mm -hmm. manga, a lot of the times, because you're dealing with individual artists uh, who work on an entire series, a lot of manga do have distinct visual identities. However, once they get made into anime. There's only a few major anime studios, and a lot of those studios have house styles. So once they make an anime adaptation, then the anime, like all the anime that they make, looks very similar. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So I'm not entirely 
uh, I'm not entirely an idiot. Uh, I'm not entirely a small-minded fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say anime well. has the, that problem a lot more than manga does. Cool. Okay, cool. So how do you guys feel about the depictions of bullying, disability, and suicide? Like, this was a series that was all about a girl who is bullied because of a disability who is led, spoilers, to uh, attempt suicide. And so... Yeah, I feel like all three of those things are very interlocked. Um, okay, I kept I kept saying this earlier in the beginning, but like my one of my favorite things about the story was about it was it was, it was the growth. I think that um, it depicted bullying so raw and so real, and it was um, I appreciated that because it wasn't not it wasn't easy to read those 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 chapters um, where show show where show is getting Shoko is getting bullied. I thought it was so like cruel, you know, like the whole thing with the hearing aids and the blood like would, would come out of your ears. Like I'm getting like a little teary eye thinking of it right now. It's like, that's fucked up to do to someone. And the fact that the teacher was like, oh, well, you know, she was kind of a burden. The fact that people just like let that happen. I don't know in what world that is an acceptable thing, but I do understand that in the past that has happened for sure. You know, and I 100% those teacher mm-hmm. scenes yeah. yeah, were probably the most hard hitting things in the in the book for me because it's yeah. like it shows you how it's not just individuals. And like you were saying, it's like so much of the bullying is people just choosing not to do anything about it. So yeah. many of so many times it is the authority figures who are As also well. sort of like, yeah. you know what, yeah. just accept yeah. it. It's yeah. No, and then the scene. I'm so glad they included the scene because you know, in the in the, in the first um, few volumes, that that you always got the hint that the teacher was slightly annoyed at Shoko for being deaf, which is mm-hmm. deaf, which is fucked up. But you never really got it blatant and flat out. So I'm really glad they included that scene um, towards the end of the manga where um, they're looking for a location for their movie, and he finally bumps into his teacher, and um, his teacher's like, "Look at how great you are. You are always like, like, I'm, you became such a fine young man. You know." That deaf girl, she was a burden to us all, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and and when he fucking flat out said that, it was like, it was like, yeah, you know. Some teachers think that. Some teachers are like that. Some authority figures are on the side of the bullies, and mm-hmm. they just don't say it outright because their job is to be the mediators. So, yeah, it's called everyone out on their shit, and I really, really love that because bullying isn't just like someone picking on someone. Um, but with that said, I thought that, um. Outside of that, the, the the growth element of the story was so important because I think that a lot of times, um, and and definitely in today's world, we want to look at people and be like, you're good, you're bad, you're good, you're bad. And I think a lot of times we fail to like see that the bullies are also um, also have something that needs to be addressed. And instead of like looking at them as the pure bad guys, I thought this book showed the empathy that one needs to show the bullies, um, which is like, why is this person like that? You know, mm-hmm. and in, in Shoya's instance, he was just kind of a bratty kid who was curious, but he just didn't know how to manifest that in a way that was positive. Um, and for, for Naoka, it was because she was worried that Shoya liked her and she was bullying her because she was like, oh, my crush likes this other girl. And mm-hmm. um, and, and a lot of times it can be even deeper, um, like in our story, like when we when we when we talked about Ghost World, where we had the characters who didn't have parents or or her or her, a dad who was like a serial dater or something like that. So um we fail to look at that part of the story when we um, when we talk about the people who are uh, bad guys, the bad guys. And I think that it spoke did a really good job, like showing you like people can grow and we need to believe in people to grow. And 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 and, and we have to hope for that because that's the only way we're going to have like a better future for ourselves and for the people around us. So I thought it was beautiful. I thought its portrayal was so good. And um, 
And I'm glad they, they did what they did. I'm so glad this book exists because I had never read something like it before when it comes to bullying. Never. Yeah. And then for disability, and then we, we can talk about the handling of suicide after, but yeah. for disability, it really, no, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to talk about one without the other. So throughout the entire series, you see just difficulties with communication between every character. And the character who suffers the most with this is Shoko because of her hearing disability. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with that, she she you can always tell that there's more going on with her below the surface. And I loved that because yeah. you'd constantly see her like get a little upset and then smile and just nod and say, it's okay, it's okay. Or she'd sign, it's okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start having these little moments where she'll send this really thoughtful talk, text message and it'll it'll be really well written and really articulate and you can you can see oh my god what i see is really not even scratching the surface on her inner life yeah and yeah. so if you once you get to the point where you see that she's about to jump from the ledge i was the you're like worst man oh my yeah, god yeah you're like oh my god cuz all of a sudden all that <sighs> stuff hits you and you realize like just wow <laughs> and Dude, that, the, that, the, that, the depiction of that yeah the whole, yeah when i read that scene um it, it was like i had to put the book down because i was really like it really is harrowing you know mm-hmm. it, it it's it's tough to see that and and um and yeah like her disabilities this specifically like she feels like she's not trying to kill herself because she was bullied which of course that played into it 100 percent. but she's she's trying to kill herself because she feels like a burden and everyone makes her feel like a burden and that's such an, uh, an important part of um, being someone who's disabled, like you feel like you're a burden on other people, and and I'm and, and yeah, that made me understand as someone who's able-bodied to 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 see that and be like um, understand their struggles in a way that you don't you know, I normally wouldn't be able to. So I thought that that was a really important uh, important way, and I thought that the way that they showed it was really powerful, like the the suicide attempt, um, because a lot of times suicide um, is depicted horribly in media. We can go and like make a giant list of like suicide. Um, in, 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 in movies and TV and just, just how awful they botched it, you know? And, and I think the book, they, they did their best to be, um, authentic and not to use it in the wrong moment and stuff. And it, it really worked. It really, really worked. Yeah. And as sort of a flip side, the book sort of starts out with Shoya almost attempting suicide. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's, it's an interesting counterpoint because I think that the Shoya stuff, you can see how he got there but I feel like it was very lightly handled. It was very Agreed. mundane. I was going to say I, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really like that. Um, Agreed. But at the I same time, I'm like, yeah, at the same time, though, I'm like, a lot of the times when people are about to kill themselves, they say, or it, it is that sort of mundane thing, like, yes, I'm going to do it. Yep, yeah. This is yeah. It. This yeah. Is the end yeah, of my it's life. Yeah, I think for us, like we will watch, we'll, we will look at that and we will see, Um, oh, it's just like, she's just making light of it, but it's like, no, like it wasn't. I, I agree. It wasn't as dramatic as when Shoko um, attempted, but it was also, I feel obviously important. You know, I think that it, it, I don't think it was badly done, but it was a little lighter, which like you said, sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's just that. So how do you feel about the, uh, the film project that the, all the characters worked on in the second half of the series? I have a personal connection to the movie that they worked on because the first short film that I ever made was pretty damn close to that, actually, surprisingly <laughs> enough. It, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. Uh, it's, oh it's God, on some hard good. drive somewhere. But yeah, when um, the, the movie part was 
in regards to the second, like a secondary story, was one of my favorite parts of the the whole manga. Like it just it felt so. It it felt like very much yeah like something, something you, well you as a high schooler did. I did it in college, but you know. It, it it like yeah let's you know let's let's get some people together let's make a movie we can definitely win this like one one million oh yen God. contest and stuff like that <laughs> I love that like, scene yeah, when the guys we're... are shitting on their movie and they're all just like oh my god but that, it's like honestly that, that was real life. That, was, that was one of the scenes where I felt like the movie went too far like maybe it wouldn't it would not have been that harsh hey if but, the guy's a dick why not I totally yeah. see that yeah. You never know. You never know what kind of assholes are out there. And I, I feel like no matter how lightly somebody uh, gives that sort of negative feedback, that's how the negative feel, feedback is going to feel to the kid, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Might as well go all in. Yeah, I agree. I loved. I love the the movie project. I love Tommy Hero because that was really his moment to like. You really got to see his character, which I don't know if I said this in the intro, but Tommy Hero is the fucking best character I've read. And you said like, it like four times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but um, I I thought that it actually gave them a reason to be together in a way that made sense, you know. And the movie should have cut some shit, and um, they cut that. The thing. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you know? uh, so uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I love the movie. Since I, was- since I saw the movie, since I saw the movie before I read the manga, like a year ago, uh, when I saw that, I was like, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. And I, <laughs> that's the reason why, because it wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> See, I'm that's that's why. First all these. That's why I think I might have read the manga after I watched the movie, because as I was rereading it, like I, I quote unquote, I don't know, rereading it, I was like, oh yeah, the movie part. I remember seeing this in the movie. Yeah, this was great. I loved this. I'm so excited. You so, just read so much manga that you you forgot. <laughs> I, I I actually I also love how in the in the manga it was depicted in such like a like a cinematic way. Like like how you were saying that the the criticism in the in the during the festival it felt very like harsh and that's that could have been in reality how what the guy said or it's you know internally how they felt the the way that they depicted the movie it's like there's no way that some high schoolers could have made this so it it oh, very yeah, mu- it yeah, very yeah, much I felt know, like right. like this <laughs> is this is how they they saw the short film you know this is how they oh, saw the movie in their head when in reality so cool. it's, i didn't think about it like that that makes so much sense listen do you think they're gonna rig up a fucking pulley system to to have <laughs> I, um have, really have eyebrows go up yeah no yeah, they also made a, a doll that looked exactly like him so that they could put it on the ground. Yeah, have yeah. Double. I have one more yeah. thing to say about the film project. I like that it was a thing that brought all the characters together because, as Andre said, sometimes the, the relations between them, it, it was a bit tenuous uh, in terms of how well they should have been connecting with each other. And so as the characters, as the friend group was built up throughout the series, it made sense friend by friend. And then they all went to the carnival together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like they needed something to really bring them together uh, in those last yeah. two to three volumes. And yeah, the film project did exactly that. And but- it even, it even forced them to keep Naoka on, which otherwise would have been completely unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. I really liked how Oime used repetition there were a lot of points where she'd repeat certain visual cues or certain uh, like concepts, like in the whole first volume, how you kept on seeing Shoko with the shoes and squirting water because mm-hmm. he, he would get them wet. 
And at first it was like, he did it on purpose because he, he didn't care. He was a daredevil. He'd jump in the lake. And then, um, after, after a few times by the end of the volume, uh, it was because people were pushing him into, uh, like ponds to bully yeah. him. Yeah. And yeah. so, so good. There were, there were so many great moments like that where she'd repeat a certain visual and it would take on a different meaning as it went on. And I felt like that, uh, the whole scene at the bridge throughout the book, it's, uh, that's where certain connections happen. That's where he and Shoko first really connect for the first time. That's where, uh, just, it's just the place where they constantly meet up. It's that standing order of this is where we come to be friends. So then when they have that big, uh, difficult fight on the bridge, uh, it really hits you because it's like, oh, this is this is sort of sacred ground. Yeah, exactly. It's oh it's it's a bridge. It's it connects two it things. It is a bridge. Oh my it's god! Yeah, <laughs> literally He's bringing unseen. them together. Wow. Yeah, I got so many realizations now. <laughs> I'm like, fish. There's some sort of symbolism there. I don't know what it is. So the the sign language. Let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about that, dude. It's amazing how they delivered sign language communication through book yeah through like, images <laughs> no it's yeah. like it was so more effective in the book than the movie personal we'll really? talk about that like okay okay oh yeah because dude yeah you can see the motion but the, when you told luke when you told me that oh the, the sign language is cooler in the movie like when you said that i was expecting some really cool focus on like close-ups on hands like some really cool things happening with motion no it was just people talking sign language great good good job but like with the book, they had to emphasize with no motion, people doing movement and people communicating through hands. How the mm -hmm. fuck do they do that? And they did <laughs> such a good job. Like yeah. I thought that it was so effective and I thought that it made sense in the book when they're like repeating things. There will be moments where they'll like sign in the book and they'll just like say a bit of the sentence and then Shoko will, uh, Shoko will have a response and she'll do the response and then the person will be in their head like boop, 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 like this this is what mm -hmm. they said, you know, and it makes sense in the movie. Like it, they had to narrate through it. They had to narrate through yeah. the sign language, which is like, so yeah, that's weird. yeah. So that, it sort of that's something I, I want to talk about, yeah. but yeah, it see, was so well done. I, I, I loved, I love the sign language and I, I loved how um, they executed that um, with movement through mm -hmm. um, stationary image. The, it wasn't just that the images that they chose, like it, there's a way to do this where it would feel like you're just looking at a diagram of like a how-to sign language book where they mm -hmm. show you the sign, sign. <laughs> yeah. But the mm -hmm. book didn't feel like that. The hands actually were drawn in a way that showed mm -hmm. emotion. Yeah. And they, you could see they were like in the middle of a movement. It wasn't yeah. just the, the sign. It was also a feeling to the sign. See, Andre, the, the reason why I said that was because I hadn't watched, like, you know, I had watched the movie before, but it had been years. So in my head, okay. in my head, it was so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I want to say that also, like, the book did a great job with um, um, giving us uh, Shoko's perspective. Um, I don't under, there's no way, um, it's, but, um, reading isn't an audiovisual medium like, like a, a film is, right? Um, which the movie had so many missed opportunities to give us Shoko's perspective in the way that the book successfully achieved. Like, remember that scene where it's from Shoko's perspective um, when Shoyo is in the hospital and you hear, you see the, like the speech bubbles and all of them are like half cut off. So you're and trying not to- Not only are they half cut off, but they're also phonetically spelled. They're yeah. phonetic, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, they, it was so like well done because it's like, 
I couldn't read through a lot of it. And that's yeah. kind of the yeah. point. You had to read the image and try to read what you could. And it's like, I can't believe how well a book did um, to make me try to get a smidge of an understanding what it would be like to be a deaf person. Even though it's like, I think it was like 10 pages, something like that, like half of the volume or half of the chapter. I'm just like, like if I had to read through this whole, uh, this whole series like that, which is, you know, going through life like that, I, it, I cannot believe how incredibly hard it would have been. And I can see how that would really increase how she felt like a burden to everybody else for constantly like, oh, okay, now like, can you help me understand what was said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just every, every moment of her life is like that. Uh, so Luke, you had something to say about manga and storyboards and I just want to hear it so I can disagree with you. We had a <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to successful manga that then get adapted into anime whether it's movies or series. I do feel like in some it like in some cases the manga is then seen as a already drawn out storybook like a storyboard so it's just like how you know a director or or a cinematographer writes down each scene like this is how it's going to look this is how you know this is how the motions are going to be this is what they're going to say during this stuff uh-huh so you're saying that you feel like uh a, a manga if it's turned into an anime that the manga is being used as a storyboard yes and do you do you also feel like that uh like that influences the mangaka to sort of treat their manga like a storyboard? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. We'll, we'll actually talk about this uh, with American comics next episode when we do Kingsman, because Mm -hmm. uh, that writer, Mark Millar is known for doing that, like creating comics so that they can be turned into movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, a lot of, a lot of manga does get turned into anime. And a lot of the time that is not necessarily the goal but it is uh, it is a goal in in somebody's uh, trajectory as a manga artist uh, and or writer, just as a mangaka overall. If you didn't know, that's the word for somebody who writes and draws their own manga. So, yes, I, I sort of agree there. But at the same time, comics and film are just two different mediums. It's like Andre was saying how comics are not an audiovisual medium. When you create a storyboard, you're creating it. Uh, with the knowledge that the audio is going to do really like half the work. Whereas if you're doing a comic, you need to create it and pace it and put a certain amount of effort into the way that you're choosing which panels to show um, so that you can create that 100% feeling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you when you make a storyboard, you're also, uh, everything has the same frame no frame is any bigger or smaller than another. So yeah, in a comic, you have to change the panel size. You have to, uh, you know, all of a sudden you'll have like small panel, small panel, small panel, big full page spread. That gives you the feeling of, it it gives you a cinematic feeling. And comics are very influenced by film. I think it's it's sort of a back and forth thing. but they they are separate. They use separate techniques. So yes, I can see how certain images uh, would later influence a movie, but I don't see treating them as a storyboard per se. See, you said that in a much more uh, 
academic way than how you responded to me. Because I, when I, when I texted you, I was like, oh, do do, who do do, what about this? I might have had like you know two or three drinks, something like that, watching, watching, watching my anime, and then you were like, ha ha ha, you are so wrong, and then just like <laughs> six paragraphs of things, and I was like, oh shit, I, I pissed Nick off, I, I made him mad. <laughs> no, I, you didn't. Piss I struck me off. a just, huge chord. Yeah, you you did. You struck a nerve. And this is one of my favorite herbs. <laughs> <laughs> I love being I love being annoyed by this. <laughs> so yeah, any any comments on what I said? No, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I, I just wanted to bring it. I just, I just wanted to bring okay. it up in this discussion because uh, seeing, especially watching the movie, uh, my my uh, my argument is just completely wrong, and I, I bow down to you, Nick. <laughs> I think we're about done with this. Did either of you have any other things that you want to say about the manga? No, I just want to say it was an amazing experience reading it. Um, um, I'm really excited to read more manga moving forward. Um, and I'm thankful that this book exists. That's all I got to yeah. say. Yeah, it, it's it's very much a read. It's seven volumes. It's a lot. But it was a, it was a fun read. It was a quick read. It's worth it. Uh, the story feels very much different than normal s- slice of life stories in in manga and anime, and I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I can't say anything that we haven't already said, so we'll just end this section now, and then we'll come back after the break with thoughts on the movie. We're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Welcome back. Time to talk about the movie. We totally showed our cards before. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So the movie was directed by Naoko Yamada. It was written by Reiko Yoshida and uh, produced by Kyoto Ani, Kyoto Animation Studio. And we watched the dub because specifically I wanted to watch it because it's a series about communication. And I feel like it's really, uh, number one, I wanted us all to be on the same page. But number two, I just wanted to see how the translation went. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it had a a deaf actress playing Shoko. And I thought that would be really interesting. She was really great. She was honestly so, so great. Yeah. So I think we all hated it, but, um, wow. Is this going to be the first unity vote? Is this going to be the first unity vote? We don't know what Luke's choice is yet. I'm just going to give my overall thoughts. I'm going to format my thoughts as the way that I wrote them down as I was watching the movie. Okay. I'm down for that. Uh, one of the first things I wrote was just all caps. So slow. WTF. (laughs) Amen. Um, uh, so dash all caps. Why is everybody always on Quaaludes? 
Can, can you can you iterate on that? Why why is everybody always on Quaaludes? Yes, yes. Everybody felt like they were. It felt like everybody was sedated the whole time. Okay, okay, okay. It totally you know, did. I felt like there were like two moments where somebody rose their vo- voice, but otherwise everybody was just like, yeah, this is this is what is happening. I am sorry. This is how I, this is how I am. Oh I take God, photos for two hours and 10 minutes. This movie was uh, 130 minutes. It's it was really long. long. It was as long as The Irishman. What the fuck? Um, really? Other overall thoughts? Two hours. That, yeah. Wait. The Irishman was three. No, and a half it was hours. three hours. Uh, it fell as long as the Irishman. Let's let me reiterate. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I can agree with that. I didn't see the Irishman, but I agree with that. Yeah. Um, another thing I wrote: the pacing is so all caps flat. And then also <laughs> at the very end, <laughs> Nick gets sassy. At the, at the very very end, I wrote: the X thing looked cool in the movie. Oh, it looked, did look oh, good. It looked great Honestly, that was movie. one of the best things about the movie. That's on my good list. I have like five points on that list, and that was one of the right. points. Luke, overall thoughts. Okay, <laughs> so so as, as it was said, me and Nick had watched this before, so this was our second time watching it, and I was so excited to watch it, and I wasn't actually excited to read it, but then after reading it and realizing how much I loved it, and then re-watching it again, I realized, like, it just felt like, uh, it felt like a short film version of like Moby Dick where like, <laughs> like trying to tell Moby Dick in like five minutes, like yeah. it just, every, so many, so many of the, the plots that I loved that I thought were in the movie were just cut out. So many, like it, everything felt rushed, but also slow at the same time. I know, took, right? Yes. I, weird I, I wrote down almost exactly that. I never, I never, I never, I never watch movies in two settings. I always, always, I, I, I watch through the whole thing. If I fall asleep during the movie, I'll watch the whole thing again. Yeah. When I, I was, it, it took me two days to watch this. Same. Because as you know. <laughs> I was just, I was laying in bed. I, I got, um, I marked the timestamp of when I fell asleep. It was exactly the one hour mark. The, the first part that I watched was when Satoshi was talking to Shoya about, oh, uh, who would bully Shoko. Like mm-hmm. whoever that guy is must be, you know, must be an, you know, an idiot or a bully. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go to bed now. It's okay. It's, I, 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 I think I, I was a little bit more than halfway. So, yeah. so I think I was a little bit more than halfway. The, if you don't want to read seven volumes of a, of a manga, I guess it's an okay movie, but. If you don't want to read the seven volumes, then you shouldn't watch read. the movie at all. You should, just you should read the wiki. Yeah. Yeah, if if you don't want to read the actual good story, then don't even bother with the story at all. Yeah, man. And uh, I I have a, a a little problem with, uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, a lot of anime, especially especially anime movies, are still uh, not focused on children, but children are still sort of the children are going to watch mm-hmm. this basically, and then as a result, um there's just like exposition up the ass of like, like, like how Andre was saying, like, instead of it, you know, instead of whenever uh, Shoko would sign in the movie and then they would have little thought bubbles up their heads being like, Oh yeah, no, it's just actually what she's saying. Shoya's 
being like, oh, so you're, what you're saying is ba 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 Wow. Or, you know. I don't think that's the thing about kids, uh, like animation geared towards kids, because I feel like animation geared towards kids is the opposite. Like, if you think about My Neighbor Totoro, a lot of that movie is just the kids running around and having fun. And I think that kids understand the visual part of animation better yeah. than they understand the exposition. A hundred percent. Exposition is just bad storytelling always in for okay. any audience, anytime, period. Except for audio books. <laughs> Except for audio based this, media. This, this movie just felt like a, a lot of exposition and like this is the way that I should be feeling about Yeah. These it was characters. so annoying because it, it it was so annoying because like I, I was I thought that too. Okay. Um Yeah. Andre, what are your overall thoughts? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I, I'm, first of all, I just want to say that I'm so glad and relieved that you guys didn't like it too. Wait, did Luke? Did you like it? I, I don't think we ever got that clear answer out of you. Uh, I'm. I'm like fine. It? I'm fine with it. Like. Yeah, I'm sure that there are things that you liked about it, and we'll talk about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well, when I watched the movie, um, I, I think if if I had a political answer, I had a really nice thing that I wrote that I was like analyzing you, it politely, but you, then you guys didn't like it too. So then I realized like, oh. Well, I guess it really was bad. So I'll just say, like, I think it was a great, like, it was, I, I'm going to remove the word great, but it was a supplement <laughs> to the book. You know, like, you can't see it as its own thing because it's, it was, if you are just going to watch a, an anime and you watch that, it's like, what the fuck? So as somebody who knows what happened to the book, it was cool to see the animation and, like, it was a nice little supplement to the book. Too bad it was too painful to watch, you know? Like, I, I don't think it's a standalone movie. I wrote. As a standalone movie, I'm not sure it does the job. Well, now hearing you guys and your guys' thoughts, because I, I didn't look at reviews or anything, like I can say, no, it does not do the job as a standalone movie. And mm -hmm. it, it, I was really disappointed because it started off really strong. Like the first 20 minutes yeah. or so, how they did, depicted the childhood with the with the montages. Like I was like actually going in. I was like, oh my God, am I going to love this movie? And um, because it really did, they did a really good job condensing the childhood scenes. And after that, it tapered off completely. It's like all the energy they spent putting like building all that tension they were building with the childhood scenes, they just completely like, like let go. It's like a hot air balloon in, in the mid air. Mm -hmm. And that was gone. And the entire movie was flat up until the point where Shoko was about to jump off the ledge. But then you were like, Oh my God, which that scene by itself is, is like, if you want to watch the movie, just watch uh, that scene. It, that was such a good the, scene. One of it's the like Barbarella, scenes. like Barbarella, that opening scene was <laughs> yeah. like the reason to watch that movie. Like this movie, the, the reason to watch this movie is that scene. And, yeah. and then after Shoko almost jumped, you think that, Oh, the story's gonna pick up again. And it's like, nope, straight downhill. It didn't go flat. It went downhill. It went downhill. So mm -hmm. it was a piece of shit. <laughs> but it was also it had really. <laughs> but it did have some good things. It had some good things, yeah. and 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 we'll talk about those. And as I was starting to say, and and as Luke was saying, the exposition for the uh, movie completely fell flat because it's like you're just narrating the story, like you're just reading the the sign language out loud and thinking out loud because so much of the story is in Shoya's head, um, in the book which makes sense there. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, it was just so badly executed um, and it just made the movie really bad. Yeah. So Luke and I have both uh, watched the movie before and we both watched it before we read the manga. So I think that provides an interesting, uh, you know, we just have different perspectives because before I read the book, I saw this in a theater uh, around a bunch of anime nerds and I had to actually move my seat at one point because there were people around me who were just being really annoying, you know, when you're in a movie theater and people just are annoying. So, oh my so God. I moved back. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm just not feeling the sorts of things that I should be feeling from this movie. 
Like it's not making me feel emotional. I I'm having trouble concentrating on it. And I, I like certain things that it's doing. I, I like certain points that it's making, but the movie itself, I don't know, maybe I just had a long day or something. So That's when I, I rewatched it, <laughs> so when I rewatched it after having watched the manga, I was like, I understand exactly where they went wrong in every single way. And the movie was a lot worse <laughs> than I thought it was. And I was being really kind to it back then. And I shouldn't have been. Yeah, I was being really kind to it. It's funny how my experience is similar to yours because I was being very kind to it. And then I heard you guys say the things you said, like very brief things you said. And I was like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. me falling asleep wasn't just because I was really, really tired. It was also because that never happens. I don't just fall asleep in the middle of movies. So yeah, like it was actually, no. it was just bad. It was them. Yeah. <laughs> Andre, with you've seen a few anime movies recently that you really have not been happy with. Do you feel like this just continues that trend? Even though you you generally like s- certain anime series, the movies that you've seen. It's the human, yeah, the movies that I've seen yeah. and, and and I'll just, we can go specific genre, the, like the human drama movies that I've seen. And what was the name that when we went to theaters to watch like recently? Weathering With You. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, okay. So, yeah. so Nick, I was worried because I, I, I knew that this was a human drama. I knew that this was like a trap for animation, for anime, for an anime studio to like make it like, like trash. And, and I'm so sorry for fans of this work, but like going in, I was not expecting it. I was not expecting it because the source material was so strong that I believed that if they did half what they did in the book series, if they, if they delivered half of that level of energy with the film that it would still be good enough and they um failed they just they, failed they, so they it, took the wrong half they took the wrong half and and you know what it wasn't as dramatic yeah. and tropey yeah. as those anime movies that i've seen um those human drama ones um like your name and stuff but in the flip side it lacked any emotion at all and it and and when they tried to push um some like emotion out of the story it did kind of feel like the like those movies but it, there was even less to care about when it happened so it's at least in like your name when the whole the whole thing happens with like the, the like the girl disappearing and like him trying to find her and going to the cave like you at least understood like the emotional importance of that in that scene in the movie it was just um flat and you're just like okay like why did the mom and Mioka fight and, and mal fight why was that happening you know why it was just it lacked something to glue it together. It just did. My my big thing is I I still don't understand why it was two hours because with how much stuff they mm-hmm. like anime sure. anime movies are forty five uh, minutes hour and an a half hour, to they're getting to be like two hours for the how really did it get one? so long and have so little yeah. so it it just it it felt like that whole movie that could have mm-hmm. just been the first hour and then everything else that they cut out. Every little the uh, the specific instances of the 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 the, the kid that yeah. stole Shoya's mm-hmm. shoes and then yeah. they they beat up to steal the shoes or the uh, the the movie part which was the main driving force of the end of the of the manga or the relationship with uh yeah. Shoko's mother and you know why she feels this way and so my my thing about all of this is that. Only the basic core of the story and the climactic moments specifically, those things remained, but then all of the buildup, all of the nuance, all of the actual development that made you care about those moments was cut. So uh-huh. you, 
in yeah. adapting only those essentials, you lost a lot of Everything. the nuances. What made the book great? It wasn't just what made it fun or interesting. Yeah. It was the thing that made the book good. It's like exactly. It's like reverting to an outline after having a fully like well realized thing. I know, right? And you know, like just yeah. The, yeah. I think there were yeah. certain scenes in the book that just the medium itself saved those scenes. You know, like there were mm-hmm. scenes. That, one of the things that I will say is there were certain scenes that hit way harder in the movie than it did in the book. For example, Shoko jumping. For example, um, uh, Shoya starting to get bullied in his childhood. Though there there were scenes that hit really hard in the movie that I was like, wow, this is gonna this is gonna be this, this had a, this had a lot of potential, but um, the, the medium. Yeah, exactly. The medium itself, the audio visual medium. That's it. Exactly. That, the audio visual like medium, and, you know. um, get, by its very nature, enhanced those scenes to be more effective. And of course the animation was amazing. Of course the sound design was, was pretty solid. Of course, like there were things that were right, were done right by the director, but like at the end of the day, that wasn't enough for the moments that like didn't have that type of drama, you know? Well, so to me that those things detracted from the story, like, we can talk about what do you mean? The, the visual style and like the audio, because I feel like all of that really ties into what we're talking about right now. The visual style had this like shaky cam. Uh, it was very colorful, which is very typical of this animation studio, Kyoani, mm-hmm. uh, Kyoto Animation. They also made yeah, free yeah. the diving anime, or sorry, not the dive, the swimming anime that I love. Um, so the the directing, because of that, it it had this really disconnected feeling, and it was like characters it almost reminded me of mr robot where a lot of the time characters were like in the corner of the frame and like it did do that a lot it did do that yeah, a lot i noticed stuff that. like that and it, it really mm-hmm. wanted you to feel mm-hmm. disconnected from things where maybe you shouldn't have and i think a, a big part of why the book was so good was because you really felt the characters whereas here it was purposely disconnecting you from them and then the sound design did the same thing it was this slow soft like electronic piano just like doom doom like there's Mm -hmm. this non-stop soundscape (laughs) droning through the entire two hours and 10 minutes i think more than anything else that sound design choice just completely flattened everything okay i and and i agree because when they they there were a couple parts where they did use like an orchestral uh, like symphony, like two or three scenes. Like the, yeah, and those are the scenes scene. that were good. They was just so so good. So then just have the only thing I liked about the 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 piano stuff was that this is just personal taste. You could hear when the pianist hit each key. It felt yeah, very cool. realistic. It, it you could. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I loved that a lot because it yeah the yeah that was oh love loved that it was beautiful but. Like you said, it it then just it felt like more of a, a soundscape than it felt like more elevator music than a soundtrack that was meant to have a story. So the sound design choices were bad, um, and I agree with you, Nick. But I guess what I was really just trying to um, say was that just by the nature of you being able to see and hear a lot of scenes, it already enhanced it enhanced certain moments. And um, and then I think that because of that, some things were more evident. Like I think that um, Shoko's depression felt more um, more in your face in the movies because um, because of the way that she she engaged on and, and the way she moved and the way that she, everything went down. 
Um, so I felt like you actually felt her depression more in the movies. And part of that probably was because the movie had a depressing score, you know, but like, um, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I think that, um, the directing was overall bad, but because of the scenes that they did do well enough, the audio and the visual saved the day in a way that the comic wouldn't be able to deliver that exact moment. So mm -hmm. that's what I was trying to say. Like, I agree with you. Like, that making everyone feel so disconnected was such a bad choice. I, I, I also thought of Mr. Robot when I watched it, and I also thought about how much I hate Mr. Robot. Um, and I was like, um, yeah, it's not, it wasn't really effective. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and this is me totally playing devil's advocate because I 100% agree it did not, <laughs> I it did not work for me. Uh -huh. But um, do you think that it showed Shoko's perspective on a certain level? Because... She lives in this world, uh, and this was the director's choice. Yamada said this in an interview that I read, um, that she wanted to have this, uh, that sort of sound design where it's almost like what Shoko experiences, uh, aside from the, uh, aside from the voice acting, pretty much everything has this sort of like very detached, disconnected, like feeling to it. And you know what? Now that you're saying that, I totally yeah. feel that. And I think that that's such an interesting choice. But I think when, um, in theory, it's more interesting than in practice. Because I think in, in practice, it just ended up falling short. Because the element that we connected with our characters with um, got lost. And at the end of the day, there's no there's no excuse for the things that were important that were cut and dragged out. for um, And the things that were dragged out. You know, so, um, yeah, we got a little bit of Shoko's perspective. But, like... And that's what I'm saying. I that's why I felt like her depression scenes were very better executed, not better, but better, way more clear. Because in the book, I you really didn't see. To me, I didn't see it coming in the book that that Choco was 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 going that direction. I know that she said she hated herself. I know that she had problems, but I didn't see that scene. So it, it was really harrowing for me seeing that scene. But in the movie, part of it I saw, I knew it was coming, but I also felt like it was leading me in that direction better. Um, and I think, I think that those choices did do something, but at the end of the day, I just, um, at the end of the day, it fell short. It all fell short. It, when I saw the movie before reading the manga, uh, yes, I, that was actually totally a surprise to me when oh, really? all of a sudden you see her about yeah. to jump. Yeah. It, that was shocking. It was shocking. And that was, yeah, that was the only thing, not the only thing, but one of the only main things that I vividly remembered about the movie. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, so um, it, it kind of retained that. I think an interesting thing about this disability in particular is that you can't ever really know what it's like to experience it that way. And at the same time, like they can't show you, they can't tell you, they also can't confirm whether it's accurate or not. <laughs> so ultimately you're going for a feeling. You can't go for the reality, but you can go for a feeling. And I feel like, Yes, it, it captured, I think it captured the feeling, I don't but so. not in a good way. I don't think it captured it. I, I'm sorry, it didn't. Like, it, it, it tried, it just, it failed. Like, the, the I love you scene, for example, the, the, where she tries to tell him that she loves him. Like, in the book, it was so good. It was so impactful, so big. In the movie, it felt random. It felt, it felt weak, even, you know? Like, the Shoya's re response to that in the movie was, like, much more, like, subtle in a very weird way like that like it was almost like too too relaxed you know so i just agree with you i think that i don't think it i don't think it was successful thoughts on the voice acting since we all watched the dub 
I do want to say first, before we get into that, I listened to some of the Japanese one, uh, specifically in certain parts and for certain characters, because when I heard certain characters, I was like, there is no way. Why would anybody choose this voice for this character? And so are you talking about Tommy fucking hero? Yes. Why would they hero do 1, that? 000%. Why Wait. would they pick that person? I, I listened to the Japanese one. And it's, it sounds very, very similar. And I was like, why would they do that? You have this quirky ass, cool character who's got this little Napoleon complex and you give him the voice of like a mellowed 20 year old. Are you fucking <laughs> me? Like, get out of here. That made me so mad, Nick. I could never get over it. Like that alone, like was like, this movie's dead to me, you know? Cause like, that's around when Tommy Hero was introduced was around the time that the movie really started sucking for me because it was after the, it was <laughs> yeah. after the first 20 yeah. minutes. And after and I'm just like, stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is a, a, a absurd. And on top of that, his whole character was removed. Like he, he, he was mm-hmm. so important, so important. And he's, he was just reduced to nothing, mm-hmm. reduced to not even a gag. He was not even a gag. Like in the book, he mm-hmm. was everything. He was a gag. He was a storytelling device. He was an amazing person who actually was trying to push growth on Shoya and the other characters. And he was this voice of reason. And then in the movie, he was this like mellowed out, like short kid who was almost trying to be a gag and failed because it wasn't funny. So, uh, like, why would you pick that voice actor? And 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 I that's the one that I felt specifically about. That's that's the only one. That's the only one. Quite, <laughs> I think everyone else was fine and, and and even great. You know, I think maybe Shoyo could have been better. I didn't like Mizuru's voice. Who's who? Who Mizuru? Who's that? Yuzuru, the sister. Oh, I didn't oh, love her. I didn't love it either. It was no. yeah. It was too masculine. <laughs> yeah. It, it made sense because you had to have a bit more of a masculine voice to have the whole gender confusion. Yeah. But then the gender confusion scene like was barely even a thing. It was one of I those know. things that they just yeah. threw out. He's yeah. like, oh, by the way, that's a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. What's the point of it? You know? Yeah. Like I, I loved, I love the, what the, the children voice actors, they were different than the adult act. Well, high school actors. Yeah. I, be- I believe Oh, unless unless I was just completely being wrong. And I loved I loved the children voice actors. Usually they're really bad or they're like inexperienced. I don't know if they were actually children or, you know, voice actors that solid. know how that know how to, you know, speak like a child, but it was so great. And yeah, the the only person that I don't that I don't think worked when it came to the voice acting was Tomohiro, just because mm-hmm. like the only time that it really worked was um during the food court scene where they were talking about yeah. friendship and then he made, he bumped up his voice he, into he being that, like, like a, like, like a detective. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like a Don Draper impression. Like, yeah. Yeah. The font change. Whenever the font change with Tommy hero in the, in the manga, it's like, I envisioned and I heard in my head, the voice of him being like, he's like, always like, Hey, I love you. Show you. I love you. Show you. And then it's like, Show you. Let me tell you something about friendship. It's deeper than just talking, you know. And it's like I heard that, yeah. or when he was with his mom, and he was like, "He's like, show you, my best friend." And then his mom's there, and then she's like, "Who are you?" You're like, "Hello, my name is Tommy." And it's robotic. Like, Hello, my name is Tommy Hero, and I'm here to help you. And it was yeah. like, it was like you saw that. So it's like they, it worked in that scene, but it was just a coincidence because they just picked the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, they just picked the wrong but fucking guy. At the same time, that scene in the food court, it was so much more meaningful in the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it was exactly. turned into just a gag. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which uh by by the way, I did write down when I when I read the food court part. I think I sent it to you, Nick. I was like, I love manga and anime 
because they always have these sections where these characters have these very long and drawn out monologues. And it's like, no 13 year old would ever say this. <laughs> this is oh oh that's something else that i did want to say these characters in this manga and anime they're all in like senior year of high school yeah they're, so they're all they're all on the older side and i felt like that made all the difference mm-hmm. like if you had this story with 13 year olds it would have been bad and oh most, yeah oh yeah most characters in shonen uh manga are like around 14 give mm-hmm. or take a year that makes sense yeah, I thought it worked really well, especially with that, like I said earlier, with the feeling of the specific moment, like they were in the growth. They were actually, it's funny, I mentioned Ghost World again. They were in the exact moment that the Ghost World characters were in, like yeah. right after high school. And it's like, that's a really big transition, mo- transi- transitor- it's a big transition moment in people's lives. So we, we've touched on the story's density. We haven't really talked about it. The story, they, it's amazing how much they adapted and... As we keep saying, how little of it they actually conveyed in a good way. Because it felt like every minute or two, you would have a completely new scene with a completely new idea. So there were so many things coming at you, just thing after thing after thing after thing after thing. And yet, because each one was so short, you never had the time to develop anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was all unexplored and unexplained. I wrote that unexplored. So many things were left unexplained and unexplored because like you were just sort of like, wait, wait, wait. So you mentioned you mentioned like the grandmother and then you just like, boom, that's it. Like there's no more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's something that I valued so much about the manga was the way that it set things up. And eventually through my I showed you guys, I have a huge list of notes here. And ultimately, I realized like half the notes were the same. It's that you have a climax, but you didn't build up to it. There's there's no buildup. And I, I singled out the grandma thing. They only introduced her like a minute or two before she dies. And so <laughs> yeah. What's she, up her with death that? meant nothing. And, it was and like that's random just, lady dies. <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect microcosm for the problem with this movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was it was insanely disappointing, and 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 um, I just felt like it. I feel like they were trying to put the scenes in the movie, but they just they were so focused on trying to get as much as they could that they just removed all the stuff that mattered. You know, mm-hmm. instead of cutting, in, instead of like actually cutting things that would have been we wouldn't have wanted. You know. As like, a, keep it balanced, but cut certain scenes. Exactly. They kept the scenes, but they didn't keep it balanced in terms of development versus... Exactly. It was like they were trying to do fan service. Like, instead of being like, look, this it's going to be really sad that we're going to have to cut the whole thing about um, the grandmother, okay? It's, we're going to have to kill the grandmother character completely. There's no grandma character in this movie anymore. And that's a horrible thing. <laughs> that's a horrible thing to do for the fans of the manga. But it's like, if we're making a good movie, maybe we just shouldn't have her. She'll just be a lady in the house, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's like they were trying to be nice to the fans. But in the process of doing so, they fucked up for the fans. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, because people that like anime seem to love these goddamn movies. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it just it just felt like with all these things that were... Everything that wasn't cut was between Shoya and Shoya and Shoko. And yeah. everything that was cut was what basically developed every single of these other characters. And then at that point, if you're cutting out all these scenes that are developing these other characters who are, in a way, even though they are secondary characters, they are still important to the development of Shoko and Shoya, then yes. honestly, why even have these characters in there at all? Yeah, exactly. Like Satoshi, his main thing was, you know, 
he would do the things that that Shoya didn't do, or you know, exactly. Satoshi had the had the the balls to you know punch Shoya after he found out that he was the bully. He and didn't have he, he did nothing nothing at the, all. Yeah, he like probably said four future. lines. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. pointless in the movie completely. Yeah, it was it was weird how many characters they still kept. Like you should have just removed the character altogether. Yeah, and and to that point. The scene when they're all having the fight on the bridge, not only did they not have the the buildup of like all the important emotional moments that had previously happened on the bridge, mm-hmm. but none of the characters meant anything to us by that point. Yeah. So they're when like, they're okay, having that yeah. big fight, it's like, why should I care? What did they used to be friends? Are they friends now? Mm-hmm. Why are they getting so like mad at each other? Yeah, why are they getting so mad at each other for nothing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like they've hung out three times on this bridge or you know at school kind of why yeah are, yeah how good friends are they if it's not even shown so we've talked about all the things that are not there and what the movie did bad um we talked a little about what the movie did good but the one thing i think we can all agree is the window jump scene when shoya or sorry when shoko is attempting suicide um, that was really, really well done in the movie. And so well Luke, done. you already yeah. mentioned that it yeah. was well done because uh, because the movie, or sorry, the music changed and it really that really helped. But Andre, what was it that really set that that scene apart for you? I, I think for me, the the thing that set the scene apart is everything about the movie was really like subtle and flat. Um, and in that moment, um, everything was like laser focused and and intense it was like the intensity was turned up and the focus was like dead on and and then there's something about the way that shoya like inter like like came about that moment too that's the other that's another element that was really interesting in the book he's kind of there and it's even kind of hard i kind of attribute it sometimes to the fact that it's just black and white so you don't get to see as much as the depth that you might in like a an anime um so in, in the book i was kind of having trouble even localizing him in the apartment. I was trying to, ha- I was, I was kind of having trouble even understanding how he was seeing that. So there's something about the way how casual like Shoya's movements were in the animation, walking towards the thing, like, like casually, like looking at the camera, opening it up. And it's like how like that body change, like that transition from him being like, like all like very fluid to him being like almost frozen and having that laser focus and seeing her through the window kind of foggy with the lights out and it's like blurred in the distance and you're like I, I like you get chills like watching it like you're just like oh my god and then he like tries to move and he trips and and then he the struggle of opening the door and i even had trouble understanding when when shoya fell instead of shoko um i almost had to, i even had a little bit of trouble visualizing that action you know because i was like oh, wait a second how did he fall but i, I kind of just let it pass i was like okay and it was still a big moment for me in the manga but it just was not nearly as not nearly as as gripping as in the movie and and when he fell like it was even more dramatic like when he fell like it's like he fell through and it was black and you like saw like glimpses of like the you see from his from his eyes as he falls Mm -hmm. exactly like that 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 was so so powerful like that really was really amazing and and i um that's what made it great like it it's the ability and it was also like the freedom that they had to do that with the with the movie you know Mm -hmm. and the comic just the, the manga just couldn't pull that off um, because of its yeah. nature of its form. Mm-hmm. It also, it ended uh, a volume with that chapter when he sees her and he like reaches over and that's the last thing that we see in that volume. And then yeah. the next volume opens up with like 
just a photo of her. A chapter of him trying to save her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't help that the volume also, every single volume has a photo of Shoko and and Shoya. Yeah. Except for the next one, which is just Shoko. So you're like, oh my God, did he die? So in (laughs) a way, the manga actually utilized its its form of like being weekly pieces as a way to build that intensity in a way that the movie didn't have, you know? So they kind of both Mm -hmm. worked with their mediums to execute that, like, oh my God, what happens next, you know? Yeah. I also want to talk about the uh, way that they showed the sign language. In the book, we talked about how uh, they really added personality to the way that the characters were signing. You still had some of that in the movie, but because everything was narrated, as Andre was saying, um, you lost you lost a certain element of that. You lost the element of it's actually hard to communicate this way because you're just hearing things the same way that you hear everything. Um, so if that narration wasn't there, maybe it would have helped, but it was. And that was, as we've said, a major flaw of the movie. Totally. So in the end, I think the biggest, the biggest sin to me was that the book was just this beautiful, strong story about uh, bullying and regaining the will to live and all that. But then the movie, because it cut so much, I was like, what are you even trying to say? Why was Shoko or why was Shoya crying at the end? Why, why was anything? So, good. so true. <laughs> so I think yeah. we all agree on our preference. I choose the book, Andre. Book. Luke. <laughs> on the edge of my seat. Book. Oh my Woo! God. Thank God. <laughs> For the first time, we <laughs> all agree. We all agree. <laughs> be, this is be, I also want to say this is the first time that Luke has chosen the book over the movie. Yep. Yeah. This is the wow. this is the first time we all agreed on something on on on, yeah. on the on the thing, the thing that's, we're doing. That's crazy. <laughs> the thing. That's but hey hey that's a wow. testament that's a testament yeah. to how weak the movie was okay and <laughs> how got, good the book was and how good the book was in the end. In the end, if you want to if if don't read if if you want to watch the movie watch the movie if you want to get the whole story. Read the Wikipedia. Fuck that. If you can't read the manga, don't read it. Just don't read it. If you want to waste your time. I do want to say the manga goes on sale a lot on Comixology. So if you're a digital reader, check that out. Check mm-hmm. out your local library. This was a really popular series. Like yeah. I said, it, yeah. it. I think it was just nominated for an Eisner, but it was nominated for an Eisner. It's it's very popular. It's in a lot of libraries. Closing quote is from the director of the movie, Naoka Yamada. This was from an interview with Cartoon Brew. And uh, she was asked what she thinks the most attractive thing about animation is to her. She said, since the information inside is being controlled, I think that ideas might be easier to convey in animation. Even if something is ambiguous or difficult to grasp, animation has a concrete way of conveying the idea. Of course, it depends on how you make it and what you make, but I feel charm in animation because there are almost no coincidences in this medium. It's interesting. It makes sense too with what I was saying. Like it was easier to communicate certain things on a surface level. Yeah. And I I really like the idea of there are no coincidences in this medium because animation and film in general is very, you have to plan every little thing out. If you want a tiny little sound to be in there, you have to put that sound there. Whereas I think with comics, it's a lot easier to accidentally stumble on things. And especially in the way that manga is made where a lot of the time you're releasing one chapter a week and you can't go back and revise. You're sort of just building uh, on what's there and running into coincidences and making them work from there. Huh. That's cool. Next month, we're going to do The Kingsman, Volume 1, The Secret Service by Mark Millar and Dave Gibbons. 
and the movie The Kingsman, The Secret Service from 2014, directed by Matthew Vaughn. I'm so excited. So excited. Oh, yeah. We'll see you all next month. Peace out. I didn't know you were going to put on a full character. In the <laughs> I put on a character at all times of the day. You don't you know how difficult it is to be me. You should have told me. Okay, okay, go, go.